Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host as always, Roy Turner. Got a great show for you this week. Lots and lots of fun stuff. First of all, our special guest is none other uh, than Paul Mercurio. Uh, Paul's a great, great comedian. Has a probably one of the weirdest, uh, but most awesome and interesting uh, career trajectories. He was a former um, Wall Street lawyer, just bringing in oodles and oodles and oodles of cash and gave it all up to be a late night saboteur, <laughs> uh, or saboteur, however you say that. Anyway, um, you know what I mean. Uh, he's a really, really awesome, interesting guy. Uh, he even has his own awesome podcast called The Paul Mercurio Show. And, I, and we're having, we had a lot of fun, and I'm excited for, for him joining us this week. We also finally have my man, Armani Rodriguez, who was a part of the uh, our Tricky Kid Media Group. So all those amazing, awesome videos that you guys have been enjoying on our on our YouTube uh, channel, Tricky Kid TV. Uh, like the one that's right now, it's, it's exploding. It's the one with Brian Head Welch from Corn, And we actually did two videos. We did a, a long form, about 20 minutes, talking about his, uh, his new movie, uh, Loud Crazy Love. And we did a little bit of an excerpt because Brian and I are old friends. And we did this reaction video to an old uh, an old corn concert back in Fort Worth, Texas, about 24 years ago. Uh, where I get kind of demolished, no spoilers there, but uh, check it out on YouTube at Tricky Kid TV. And again, Armani uh, is the man. Uh, and so check out A-Rod promos, and that way you can, if you want some uh, uh, him to do what uh, for you what he's done for us, um, I definitely implore you uh, to do so. Again, great show. Armani's a big WWE guy. That's actually how we kind of came uh, to to meet, I was uh, we were looking to hire somebody, and I saw some work he had done for this amazing uh, custom WWE promo. So when we have him on uh, after uh, Paul later in the program, we're going to be talking about this coming Sunday's uh, Father's Day's Money in the Bank uh, pay per view, and we'll be enjoying uh, Armani's predictions, and we and uh, and we're going to have a great conversation about that. And we invite you to join to uh, to join the conversation. Um. Let us know what your predictions are. Let us know what your plans are for Father's Day this Sunday and how you're going to be enjoying it. Will you be watching WWE Money in the Bank? Uh, if you're a dad, will you be watching it with your, your son or daughter and uh, or getting together as a whole family? Uh, summer is here. So much fun. Uh, we got so much to talk about this week. So we're very, very excited uh, and thankful for you for joining us uh, this week as always. Um Again, uh, I said, join the conversation. Let us know. Look us up on on Twitter at uh, on Tricky Kid and the number two. That's Tricky Kid and the number two. Also on Facebook under Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. And you can also can find uh, my alter ego, DJ Tricky Kid, under its own separate page. But the main thing you want to do is subscribe. Go to go to iTunes. Click the subscribe button. It's free. You'll have shows just like this in your iTunes. Every single Thursday, Android users, you have not been forsaken. You can do exactly the same thing. Also, we're across every major platform, including uh, Audio Boom, Stitcher, you name it. However you digest your podcast, uh, we're on the menu. So thanks again for that. And all the great sponsors that we'll be listing later on in the show. I want to thank Loot Crate, Whole Foods, uh, Bulletproof Coffee, and all the other great sponsors that keep us rolling here on Tricky Kid Radio. Uh want to thank everybody for uh <clears throat> for all your questions about uh 
my girl and you know our son our, we're having our first son uh could be born in august his name was miles so we thank you all for asking about that and uh and you guys can follow along with her progress we on, on trickykid.com. We've got a miles meter there that we're keeping track with. And, and again, don't forget about Tricky Kid TV. You want to subscribe to that too. Like I said, this thing with, with Brian Welch from Corn is blowing up. Uh, some great footage there. We've got Joey Belladonna from Anthrax. And we have a lot of great stuff coming up. You don't want to miss our Prince 60th uh, birthday celebration uh, coming up next week. Uh, and lots and lots of great stuff to get this summer uh, thing, uh, you know, kicking off right and staying lit all summer. So uh, before um, we get to that, that we're going to go ahead and jump right on in uh, with the song of the week. Uh, I'm going to bring you a band from L.A. that is just so awesome. Uh, they're called Starcrawler. This band is so ridiculously awesome, man. Like I said, it, they, they have like this 70s DNA uh, thing from just so L.A., so like Runaways. Just this band could have only have come from Los Angeles. Uh, there's a little bit of um, a little bit of nepotism, not too much. Uh, they're led by this. Their singer is so ridiculously awesome. She's kind of got, again, that Cherie Curry, this total kind of like super thin freak out 70s fashiony kind of thing. With the coolest name ever, her name is Arrow DeWild, um, and she's actually the daughter of uh, of Autumn DeWild, the photographer and uh, drummer Aaron Spursky. And Aaron, Aaron played with uh, actually played with uh, with Elliot Smith and uh, and a bunch of a bunch of other great bands. Uh, he's a great drummer, but uh, so you can see the influence is there. Do you know what I mean? Like the uh, the pedigree is in is uh, is in place. But they've got their own thing too, man, and it's so awesome. Uh, very appropriately, I'm gonna put the song of the week is gonna be again from Starcrawler. The song is called "I Love L.A." Couldn't be uh, any more appropriate. The video was so ridiculously awesome. Here it is, Starcrawlers. I love L.A.
Hey guys, this is Sunny Suicide, and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Thank you so much for listening. All right, and so once again, uh, I love LA from Starcrawler. Uh, check them out, man. So much fun, so awesome, such a great visual, a great sound, and just um, you know, there's not a lot of people that are kind of bringing back that spirit, and it feels feel, it feels good. In 2018, we need that spirit. So, uh, much respect uh, to Starcrawler. Check them out. Uh, so yeah, come on, man. Let's go ahead and get this, keep the party going. Uh, Paul Mercurio, so much fun we had with Paul. Again, like I said, he, he's on the late night with Stephen Colbert. He has his own podcast called the Paul Mercurio show. He is a high profile comedian and you probably have seen him even if you didn't know his name. And once you hear his voice, you'll go, I know that guy, but you should already be a fan. Um, and uh, again, what a what a crazy trajectory he had, and I'm gonna let him tell you all about it here. So again, welcoming to uh, Tricky Kid Radio. Here's Paul Mercurio. Mercurio, he's got some great shows coming up this weekend uh, in San, actually right outside of uh, the Bay Area there in Sunnyvale at uh, Rooster Teeth Feathers starting tonight through Sunday. Hey, Paul, thanks for joining us, and welcome to Tricky Kid Radio. Oh yeah, thanks for having me, man. Really, uh, really glad to, glad to be on with you. Well, you know, uh, so hitting the Bay Area uh, th- uh, this weekend. When was the last time you were you were uh, in town? I was probably about like a, a year and a half or so ago. I I work uh, right in San Francisco too, and uh, it's always great. And I love how you walk around during the day, and it's like seventy and warm, and then at night it's like four below zero, and you, you can't <laughs> yeah. figure out. I don't know how. I mean, I love the people here, but I don't know how you. It's like you go out for the day. You have to bring suntan lotion and then a parka, and, a, and you have to you have to write a will in case you get stuck in the frozen tundra. Like it's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I've spent a lot of time in the Bay Area, and and I I, I said maybe a variant of that, maybe not quite to the hilarity, but I uh, I always said it's almost kind of like the desert in a way, but it's not too hot. It's like an air conditioned building. Walking around, and but then <laughs> make sure you bring something else if you're not planning on going back. Yeah, to the hotel it's crazy, right? It's, it really it's is totally insane. It's like it's it's like I, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. People, it's a great place to live and everything else. But yeah, it's sort of like how do you, how do you um how do you do this? Without <laughs> <laughs> getting without getting sick, you know. I, yeah. I grew up in Texas. I lived in Brooklyn for about eight years, and. Uh, so I, I'm used to weather changing pretty rapidly, but uh, but the Bay Area is a great place, and I know that uh, that uh, uh, we're very excited to have you in town this weekend. Um, speaking of kind of crazy and kind of insane, sir, is your career trajectory <laughs> right? Uh, maybe maybe some people don't know. Of course, they know you, uh, of course, from uh, you know your appearances, uh, you know, on Stephen Colbert, which you're currently. Um, uh, you currently work on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a, so we got a, we got a lot to talk about here. You guys, you have a a Broadway show kind of opening in the, the, the summer called The Fourth Wall. Talk to yeah. me. About, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I I like to improvise with audiences when I do my stand up, and so more and more I've been sort of and I've now bringing like people on stage, and they have like amazing stories um, that like kind of just are eye opening, like. Met this couple in. Uh, I was on. I was on stage performing in uh, in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I bring a woman on stage. She's a lesbian. Her partner's in the audience. Her partner comes up. We start talking. How did you meet? Everybody starts giggling, and uh, 
I realized, okay, there's a story here. Not everybody. I mean, a couple started giggling. So they said, well, you know, this woman says, I had those partners. Like, I was married with two, three kids. I met her in a softball game, and one thing led to another, and we had an affair. We got the, I divorced my husband. We married, and not, and so we all live in the same house together. The wife, the two women who are now married, the husband, the ex-husband, and the three kids all live in the same house together. Oh and everybody, God. yeah, it's just like, <laughs> Another guy's like, yeah, this is my wife, uh, Robert, met her at church, uh, with church going people, how, yeah, how long have you been married? I don't know, 40 years, blah, 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 great, blah, blah, blah. Their kids, yeah, how old are your kids? Two 30-year-old kids and a 31-year-old kid. I'm like, oh, you have twins? He goes, no. And he's like, how does that work? And his whole place just starts laughing. <laughs> Turns out, when he was in high school, he got two women pregnant within nine months of each other. One of them he met at the church. So, oh, like, my God. So, yeah, so that's exactly the reaction people said, oh, my God. So, so um, it, it, everybody's got a story, and that's kind of what this, what this show is going to do, is kind of bring, brings pe- bring people's story out, you know? And, For sure. Uh, and, and, of course, being called the fourth wall, using it as being interactive, of course, that, that lends itself to the idea, of course, the old breaking the fourth wall. Whenever yeah, you know. the only problem is I think I might have to change the name because we just found out there's another Broadway play named The Fourth Wall, so... We we might have to change the name. So if you have any good name suggestions, let me know. But it, it'll it'll you can go to my website in about a week and a half time, and people can if they come in. A, it's going to start in July, uh, July 16th. So anybody's coming to New York City, uh, just go to paulmcurio.com and you can find out where my show's going to uh, the name of the show and where it's going to be. But the fourth wall is the name right now, anyway. <laughs> Well, it's, so, so is the actual one that's called the fourth wall? Is it is it currently is it currently uh, playing or is it in production right now? Uh, it is. It's a, it's only in production for a month, but you know uh, I don't I, I don't know that we're going to want to have the same name of a show, so we may have to change it. But but again, people can go to my website you know, and it, tickets aren't even on sale yet, so it's not like. It, but people can go to my website in about a week and a half, two weeks time, and check check it out. Awesome. Well, now also, I mean, again, actually, you, you're very ambitious, my friend. You're, you're all over the place right now. you got a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you also, uh, Paul, you can, can be seen opposite uh, Lee Schreiber in uh, the film Chuck, which of yeah. course, is about journeyman boxer Chuck Wepner, of course, who is the real-life Rocky Balboa. There you go. Yeah, and uh, and it was that story was taken from, uh, actually taken from, Chuck Webner stolen by um, uh, Stallone, and basically Stallone had to settle with him and give him a settlement payment because uh, it's Chuck Webner was uh, lived in New Jersey. He's called a Bayonne bleeder because he's from Bayonne, New Jersey, and bled a lot. And uh, and he uh, like me, like when I cut myself, I just cry like for hours at a time. I'm the biggest baby in the face of the planet. <laughs> uh, and uh, and basically. Um, he took Muhammad Ali, Chuck Webner, 15 rounds, almost beat him in a in a 15 rounder, and so uh, Lee F. Shriver, Ray Donovan, that guy took the story, bought the life story of Chuck Webner, and made a movie out of it. And I'm in it, and it's set in the 70s, and I'm an Italian kid, and my wife saw the pictures of me because they dressed me up in 70s clothes. Because you are those your own clothes? Because you look exactly like you did when you were eight. <laughs> my silk, my silk. Uh, my silk shirts and platform shoes and all that stuff. So uh, it was pretty cool working with him and being on the set with Leo Shriver. He's a really great actor, really intense, 
I would imagine. I would imagine so. I, I've 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 never met these, but I've heard. Uh, uh, you know, I've, I've interviewed people that have worked with him as well, and they've always have usually have a pretty good story about him. Well, it's funny. You know, uh, nine months earlier, I was at the Emmy Awards at the Daily Show, and I'm at the urinal, and up walks next to me is <laughs> Leah Schreiber, and I just blurted out with you know while I was in the middle of taking care of business with my pants on zip, they go, Oh, I was watching you uh, in bed last night. I was I, I was enjoying you in bed last night and I was like, I'm <laughs> creepy. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, I told yeah. him, I was just a Ray Donovan fan and then we uh we took a picture, you know, once I put everything back in its proper place, not with my <laughs> not with my guy hanging out. And uh and then I showed him the selfie that we had taken in the bathroom nine months earlier at the end it was pretty funny. He got a big so you just you just like hand your phone to like the attendant there and <laughs> I said, Take a picture of me and my buddy Leah. He won't leave me alone. Leah Travis keeps following me everywhere. No, no, so yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, so we it was really cool seeing him and meeting him and then getting to work with him nine months later. He was really intense too, it was an actor like in between takes he'd like do dumbbell curls in the corner. Like chasing the wall, like I think to get like stay in character or to beat the crap out of me later, one of the two. I'm not sure, but <laughs> kind of that John Ten kind of uh, you know method acting, kind of staying in character. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. exactly. So uh, if you're not too tired of telling this story for our listeners, I'm, I know they would love to hear this. So hmm. a, a lot of people, of course, may not know that you actually worked on Wall Street. I mean, you are. I mean, you 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 started out in life with a completely different profession. I mean, you were a lawyer. You went to Georgetown yeah. Law School, hmm. graduated, worked on Wall Street. Hmm. How does one, or how did you, <laughs> or how does it make such this a stupid happen? decision? <laughs> well, I think it's cool, man, because, again, because people tend to get into that, obviously, their art is to make money, and, and you know, I'm sure there was probably more money at Wall Street than than for the average comedian. So uh, so clearly you you loved it and you wanted to follow your passion. I just wanted you to tell the story of how you transitioned. Um, well, I had a huge drug problem. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and, uh, uh, no, I was writing jokes as a hobby. I was working on Wall Street doing M&A deals, and I used to make some short films, and they got into festivals, and then I started writing jokes as a hobby. And I met Jay Leno at a private function, and I had all these jokes written, and I was always a fan of his, and I go, I'm never going to use these. You can have them. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he, was, he really does talk like they're letting helium out of a balloon, like very, very slowly. Right? And it's like, and whenever you talk to him, you just want to go like, breathe, breathe. He's going to blow up. Breathe. And, um, and then he took the jokes and then called me the next day, and he said, I'll hire you to start doing the jokes for the Tonight Show Mala. And he goes, by the way, what do you do? I go, I'm a lawyer. He goes, I knew it. He starts laughing at me. I go, why? He goes, well, you write like a lawyer. You're too wordy. He goes, you're not writing a contract. You're writing a joke. Just get to the punchline. He goes, you don't need to tell me when to make a funny face, okay? I uh, I know what's going on. And uh, and so basically, he started to take my jokes. And he did one of my jokes, but a week later. And by the way, the first time he called me, he was like, hi, Shane I was calling And I thought it was my friend David pranking me because he does impressions. So I went, yeah, really funny. I go, really funny, David, yeah. He goes, no, it's really Jay Leno. I go, David, you do a lousy Jay Leno. I said to Jay Leno, you do a lousy Jay Leno. <laughs> I said, you sound so stupid. He goes, I don't think I sound stupid. I'm Jay Leno. Like I was like, oh, my God, I totally blew this. And then he basically, you know, did my joke. And it was just like totally transformed me, like 
blew my head off my shoulders. And then he said, go try the jokes out. And I started to live the secret double life where I would, on a dinner break, go downtown to the Bowery of New York City, dive bars, and I'd work open mic nights in my little Wall Street suit. And then and uh, one of the places I worked was called Downtown Beirut 2. And I liked the two because apparently they were franchising these hellholes. <laughs> and it was like a dysfunctional cheers. There's a hooker worked out of there, pimp worked out of there. They dealt drugs out of there. There was a sign on the men's room door that actually said, the toilet seat's only to be used to go to the bathroom, not to cut coke. Thank you, the management. And it said, thank you, the management. <laughs> around, what, around what year would it have been? This is like the early 2000s. And, you know, basically just, you know, I go there one night and I'm at downtown Beer Two, and I'm waiting to go on stage and there's a, a folk singer playing Blowing in the Wind Badly. Like, yeah, it's just like terrible. Right. And uh, there's a scuffle at the pool table. This guy runs out of the bar. The other guy grabs the side of his neck. He cut him across the side of the neck of the box, but it was a drug deal gone bad. So he's screaming. The guy that cut was like, he was drunk. He was like, I'm going to get him. I know where he lives. His girlfriend's crying. Oh, my God. Look at my friend. I'm going to get him. The answer, my friend. The guy just keeps playing. Like, he's not getting off or anything, right? Yeah. So I think. Typical New Yorker. Just unfazed. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, guys can bleed. No big deal. I'm just going to keep playing. Exactly, right? So. I start to make my way to the door because I'm supposed to be next, but I think the show's over. And all of a sudden, I hear the MC go, all right, you guys ready for some comedy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, who was ready to laugh after this? Uh, exactly. And I, I thought it was a bit, you know. Exactly. And so I go on stage, and I go, nice to be here at downtown Beirut, too. I always wanted to follow a slashing. Well, the guy now who got cut had these bloody, bloody cocktail napkins, and he heard me. And he thought I was making fun of him. He goes, hey, I'm not going to take any crap from you. And he throws all these bloody napkins at me, and they stick to my shirt, my white Brooks Brothers shirt. I'm going, going, going. No one's paying attention. He turns back to me. He goes, hey, what are you doing? Anyway? I'm trying to tell jokes. He turns back to the audience. He goes, oh, yeah? He goes, I like jokes. He goes, hey, everybody, shut the hell up. This guy's trying to tell jokes. And <laughs> he basically just shut the whole crowd up for me. And I had a pretty good couple of minutes, and I went back to work, and I had I walk into a conference room. I'm trying to hide the blood stain, and the senior partner of the firm goes, "Why do you have a blood stain on your shirt?" And one of the other, and I thought, and I was trying to keep this a secret at work. So now I'm like, figure my right. secret's going to be out. And then uh, one of the other guy goes, uh, one of the other boys goes, "What kind of shirt is that?" I go, "It's a Brooks Brothers shirt." He goes, "Oh, I know how to get blood out of a Brooks Brothers shirt." He goes, "Club soda <laughs> and lemon juice." Another guy's like, "No, no, Armani." That's the best shirt if you can have blood. I'm like, are you guys remaking American Psycho in your spare time? <laughs> so, so that kind of was that that started me on that path of like that secret double life, and then eventually I kind of had to kind of go for it, and I did, and I sold my apartment in New York City, my nice two bedroom apartment, and I moved to a rooming house just outside the city, and it was this divey old disgusting house where I shared a bathroom and a kitchen with everybody, and I was two two ex-cons, two recovering addicts, and a 300-pound phone sex operator who sold Herbalife diet products door-to-door. That was my neighbor. <laughs> so, And I started to live the life of a comic, you know? You know if I hadn't lived uh, in New York for all the years that I did and didn't walk past uh, or actually patronize some places like Beirut, like you were talking about, I, this is the perfect, like, New York-like like thing when they talk about if you can make it here you can make it anywhere this is what they're talking about (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was crazy and like you know um 
one time, uh, uh, the wives of two of the senior partners of the firm walked into the, uh, into the, to the, this like restaurant that had a room in the back. It was a nice restaurant. And I was doing stand up in the room in the back. And I was about to go on next. So I just hid behind the bar because I couldn't have them see me. And, then, and I told the MC to bring me up as Paul Windmill because Windmill is like the street I grew up on. So it's like my porn name. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and then I went out and I spent the whole show doing my set with my side to the audience facing the side like so they wouldn't see my face. I was having a nervous breakdown. It was crazy, you know. Well, now, but talk about that, though. Why do you felt like you had to hide it, though? I mean, I mean Cause this was a very the... white shoe law firm, like very high end, very buttoned up. So they would say it wasn't appropriate for me to be like kind of in these. I mean, even, literally, even though even though they were patronizing the place, but that, that nobody from their establishment could be up there performing there. Yeah, exactly right. You know, it's so funny because there was a hooker that worked out of there. I don't think they'd be happy to know that I was working in a place with a hooker who, by the way, would give you notes on your joke. She'd be like, how come you're not doing that cab joke anymore? I really like that. She starts giving you notes on your joke. It was like a dysfunctional cheers. And my mother, when I said I was going to do this, she's like, oh, my God. Be careful, they do a lot of drugs in those clubs. I'm like, my, I work on Wall Street. They do way more drugs, and they're better quality drugs, too. Um, <laughs> but I think they would have thought it was kind of unseemly, like, and so they would not have let me, they would have made me make a choice. And I didn't tell anybody in the comedy world, because I don't want anybody, people be- asking me for money every time, you know, five minutes. So I kind of, and then I kept it from my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And when I finally told her, she's like, oh, thank God. I go, why? She goes, well, because, uh, you were coming home. I thought you were cheating on me because you had like beer and cigarette smoke and blood stains and like you 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 reeked a, a bar room and you're supposed to be working and you had women's phone numbers and those were other women that had comedy rooms. But she thought I was like cheating, so she put a whole other different story together in her head. So she was relieved that you Yeah. Although, I know, it's, yeah. it's far worse, honey. I'm a comedian. Exactly. <laughs> and then when I told her I think I want to leave to do it full time, she said, that better be your first joke. <laughs> so <laughs> that that's amazing. That is so. Yeah. Don't you think yeah. also it's fair to say that? And we've talked about this before um, on the show. Is about geography playing a role? Um, again, right. like you said, you know, you're very funny. You're very talented. You're very ambitious. Talk a little bit about how much just the geography of being in New York. In that in that era, because like if, if you had worked at a law firm in, well, Chicago has second cities. That might be a bad example, but you know what I mean. Like maybe like, you know, kind of a of a nice metropolitan area like Cleveland or something. Do you think it still would have happened? Do you still do you still think you would have been able to been willing to do it at this capacity, or would you be willing to? I think I would have had to move. I think you, I could have started doing stand up in like a Cleveland or whatever. Right. But then you were going to sort of tap out, you know, and if you wanted to do bigger things like do stuff in TV or film or whatever. Right. Then I think you were going to have to move to New York or L.A. So I do think it was convenient that I didn't know. I didn't, geography did help. It, it, it did play a part because I didn't have to move to go do it. You know what I mean? I could just do it there and get based there. And then I got kind of recognized by uh one of the creators of the daily show and they asked me to write on that show and submit for it. And I did, and I got hired to write and perform on that show for quite a while. And, and that and, also because it was in my backyard, you know? you know, it was happening in my backyard. So right, I, right. You know what I mean? So I do think the geography definitely played a part. 
because you had to because you know because if you start networking and one thing starts rolling and rolling, there's more opportunities. But you still have to go for it. So I'm not certainly not, not cheapening your your hustle by by any stretch of imagination. Because even if somebody was a lawyer and he's had to become a comedian in New York City, you know, taking it is as far as as you have and, and still firing on all cylinders is you know that's all on you, my friend. So that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, please tell my wife that. She thinks I'm an idiot. So if you don't mind calling her after we do this, I would really appreciate it. Uh, Anything actually, for you, Paul. Actually, it's, it's funny. We, I got a dog. I don't know why I just thought of this, but we got a dog like a month ago, and the dog finds me annoying. Kind of like whenever I walk into the room, the dog like kind of gives me a dirty look, like, uh, this a-hole again, and he walks into the other room like immediately. <laughs> and then if I walk into that room that he just walked into, he looks at me like, really? I just got comfortable in here. And and uh, he goes, can you go in the other room? Like, that's the look on his face. And my wife's like, well, it's the sound of your voice. He finds it annoying. I'm like, do I sound like a vacuum cleaner? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, then, and then she goes, well, why are you so upset? I go, because he's the dog. He's supposed to be annoying me. I'm the human. The roles are reversed. He's the yeah, human. Yeah, you're his pet. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to go to sleep now. I'm afraid I'm going to be waking up. He's going to take me to the pound and get neutered. I'm not doing this, you know. So, so um but yeah, and no, my wife's been really cool and really patient, you know, with the whole thing. It's very supportive. So that's out, that's outstanding. You know, obviously mm. something something else you and I have have in common uh, is you're on the other side of this as well. You also have an awesome uh, podcast, the the Paul McCurio Show. Yeah. Uh, a long, wide list of of of, uh, of, of guests, great guests you've had on your show. We've actually even had a couple. Um, that you had on in, in a different capacity. We recently just had Rob Reiner. Uh, we had the great Stone Cold Steve Austin on. We've had a oh, yeah. few. Uh, yeah. uh, so what? What? So what led you to, to to wanting to do the podcast? Well, they passed a law that if you're a comedian, you have to have a podcast. So <laughs> really, it was like yeah. Um, no, I think um, I think I. I mean, I really like the long form interview, and there's not. A lot of it on TV anymore, especially with Charlie Rose and Tavis Smiley gone, and uh, and I just felt like you know I like talking to people and I have a wide variety of interests, so I just decided to talk to people that I was interested in talking to, and and you know it's a, it's another thing to put yourself out there too, you know what I mean? Like it's another right. way that you know. So I you know, and then I just started getting great guests, and I I got Paul McCartney, which was surreal. I, well, yeah, wow. I um I basically. Um, I was at the Colbert Report working there, and he was the guest, and um, and uh, he was just finished rehearsal and was standing in the hallway all alone, like just alone. <laughs> I was like, and I rounded the corner, and I there's Paul McCartney. I'm like, oh my god, is, yeah, is really happening? And then like, should I say hi? And he was all alone. He didn't have security or anything. I'm like, should I bother him? I'm like, you know what? He's alone in the hallway. He's like a gazelle on the staring at any planes, and I'm a lion. I'm gonna pounce. Right. So yes. <laughs> I just I just go up and I say hi and say to meet you and I start to walk away and he goes, Ah, come back and what's your name? Paul, what do you do? I'm a stand up, oh, I love stand up and you got a kid, yeah, blah blah blah. So five, ten minutes go by. I'm talking to Paul McCartney like I'm talking to you, and on the outside I'm being all smooth, but on the inside I'm like, I'm talking to Paul McCartney. Like right, right, sure. And then uh and then uh, as I'm talking to him, I'm getting closer and closer to his face, like the close talk of his face. felt like I was way too close because I was, like, obsessed with him, right, to the point where, like, it just was like he was leaning backwards, right? And then I'm like, I'm just going to leave the guy alone. 
I go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. And then I go, Paul McCartney should do my podcast. That's how my brain works, right? Right, right. And I go and knock on the door, and I dress him door, and I go, would you do my podcast? And he's like, uh, yeah, sure, just like that. Now, you know when you're like, there's a hot girl, a guy you want to ask out, and you know they're going to say no, but you're going to do it anyway? Right, just say so um, you did it. Just, yeah. just say, say you did it, but you don't have a plan because you know they're going to say no. Instead, they say yes, and you don't have a plan. Right. That was me. So, <laughs> yeah, sure, how do we do it? And I literally was like this. I, I'm not exaggerating. This is what I sound like. I was like, ah, um, ah, ah. And I was like rubbing myself like Rain Man. I was like, ah, I can come to London. And he's like, we're in New York together. Why would you come to London? And then he actually, I said, did, he goes, is it easy to do? And I said to Paul McCartney, Oh yeah, it's really easy. You can do it on your phone, naked from your toilet. I'm like, oh my god, what am I saying? I gotta. <laughs> and and so I um I he goes, let's. I'll go talk to your assistant. He goes, nah, they'll they'll screw it up because you and I'll be like, what do you mean? He goes, let's just exchange numbers and you and I will, you know, directly set it up. <laughs> so now I'm like, what? And I think I got the nicest blow off. He does the show. I'm now rushing to get to the Daily Show. My phone rings. I don't recognize the number. I let it ring the voicemail. And this is the message that was on my phone. Hi, Paul. It's Paul McCartney here. Um, I'm going to ring you back in five minutes to do the podcast thing. I've got some time now. Otherwise, I'm going to run out of time. So if you're there in five minutes' time, you got me. Okay, bye. Holy Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah. And I love like at the beginning of it he goes, Hey Paul, this is Paul McCartney like he needed to identify himself like <laughs> Yeah. I have it You think of him as being superhuman and he doesn't have to do the things that we have. Yeah, exactly. Hi. You know, it's like I have it saved in like fourteen places, the the message. So so I called him up and got him on the phone and uh and you would appreciate this in your podcast. I called the studio, which was this all happened in New York City. My studio was in LA at the time and I call in and some like intern has phone. Hello. I go, yeah, listen, I got Paul McCartney. I need a recording line. He goes, oh, there's somebody in the studio now. I go, did you not hear me? He said, unless you have Jesus Christ or John Lennon, get him out of that studio oh, now. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, so that's there. There's something for everybody. There's, you know, there's, I have wrestlers, I have actors, uh, you know, uh, Colin Hanks and Brian Cranston and Michael Imperioli. We have musicians, uh, Belinda Carlisle and the B-52s, just all sorts of different cool people. Uh, it sounds very familiar, Paul. It sounds almost exactly like our show. You see. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been aping your guests, man. <laughs> uh, I, I, next, next thing you know, it's like I'm going I'm to be looking at the uh, – we're going to have like the tell the tape. We're going to parallel – <laughs> right, exactly. Our, our roster and yours, and we're going to end up duking it out there. So, exactly. uh, it's a great show. I, I, I've listened to your show, and I think it's, I think it's great. And again, uh, lots and lots of great guests, uh, as well. Uh, you know, but that's, but again, you know, Paul, think about that too. So too. Why do you think Jay Leno called you back? Why do you think Paul McCartney agreed to do, you know, the podcast? You know, there's got to be, there's got to be something more than just luck there. I think you're right. I think I'm brilliant, and that's the reason. I don't know. I mean, it's like, I think they're jealous of my huge, you know, whatever. There you go. Maybe that's it. No. Um, I think it's because I know how to be around those people. Like, I didn't ask McCartney for an autograph or a, photo, uh, a 
photograph, and I think if I did, he would have been just like, oh, this guy's a douche. I just talked to him like he's a regular guy. Right, right. right. And Leno, I just went up to him like a regular guy, and I was sincere. So I think sincerity and not wanting something from them goes a long way. I think if I had tried to, like, you know, pretend I was really funny with Leno or, you know, try to be flashy with him with my money or whatever, my cufflinks and whatever, he would have been like, oh, this guy's a douche. But I just was up. I was like, I'm never going to use it. You can have him. And I walked away. Like, yeah. And I think I think they get treated and put on a pedestal all the time, so they like it when people just treat them like regular people. Well, that's always been my success as well. Is just my whole mo is just never be a stereotype. You know. Yeah, you know. Don't I mean, like be with, the autograph person, like you said. Yeah. And don't even ask like with McCartney. I only asked him about music. Well, I asked him, you know. What's it like to be a woman with one, with one leg? But other than that, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I talked to him just about music. I didn't talk to him about any of the sensational stuff about him's relationship with John and the drugs or just, or this or that. Yeah, but just like that, just, like I said, you know, if you, if, you, if you meet Ice Cube, don't try to rap. You know, don't yeah, try to be funny. Exactly, because, exactly. Just, just look, yeah, just be, just don't try to be them and don't try to be cool and don't try to impress. Um, just be you. Yeah, I also think, not to sound cocky, like, well, I've got my own achievements. I'm not Paul McCartney or Jane Leno at that level, but, you know, like, I don't I don't need to kiss somebody's ass either, you know? I mean, right. so there's, I think maybe there's a little of that comes out to, like, a, you know, not cockiness, but just sort of a, you know, take or leave it confidence, you know what I mean? For sure, but come pull your I own think, as it were. Yeah, I think if you treat them like normal people, it goes a long way, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Well, Paul, again, like I said, my friend, uh, gosh, good luck this weekend in the Bay Area. Rooster Key Feathers. Yeah. Uh, tickets are still available at the door. Uh, mm-hmm. Come, you're doing, you're doing two shows a night, Paul? We got one show tonight, Thursday, uh, two, uh, I'm sorry, one Friday and two Saturday, and they can go to roosterkeyfeathers.com online and uh, get tickets. And uh, a couple of shows are close to sold out, but there's still tickets for all the shows. And Come on out, hang out, and uh, maybe I'll talk to you and pull you on stage and tell me a great story about your life, you know? <laughs> That's right. And also, like I said, look for uh, the soon-to-be-changed name of The Fourth Wall with Paul Mercurio uh, coming to Broadway this summer. Yeah. Uh, it's at the Jerry Orbach Theater. It's the Jerry Orbach Theater, and it'll be posted on my website, paulmercurio.com, in a couple of weeks. So we can okay. And then, of course, as we just mentioned, of course, check out the Paul Mercurio Show uh, or all uh, great podcasts, like the one you're listening to right now, exactly uh, is available. Uh, exactly. Again, Paul, thank you so much for joining us on Tricky Kid Radio, my friend. I will, yeah. I definitely will see you down the road, my friend. Yeah, man. If you come to New York, you got to let me know. We'll go out and have a, a beer. I would love that. That'd be awesome. Like I said, I, I got to hear more about that. I'm sure there's way more to the story with the with the Jay Leno thing that uh, time today doesn't quite allow. It'd be better to hear it in person as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's 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 a lot of twists and turns to that story, but I talk about it in my act, so folks can come check it out uh, hopefully this weekend. But it also it also changed your life though too. That's what I love about it. You changed your life, you know. Yeah. This is Eva Lovia, and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. All right. Once again, I want to thank Paul Mercurio for joining us uh, this week. What a what an awesome guy! So much fun. Check out his show as well, the Paul Mercurio show, uh, and look for him uh, 
in I mean he travels he does a lot of, lot of dates across the uh, the country here so make sure you go to his website and look for when he's coming to your town and definitely go see him he's awesome a lot of fun so as we were talking at the beginning of the show, uh, we're going to bring on my man A-Rod, Armani Rodriguez. He's a very, very talented videographer, uh, and he has joined uh, our team, the Tricky Kid Media Group, and has done so much great work for us. Um, and we love him. He's a, he's a great kid, just graduated from high school, uh, and he's one of those guys that's just, uh, he's a genius, man. And um, and you guys are going to totally dig him. Uh, he's a big WWE guy, so we're going to be talking about uh, this Sunday's uh, pay-per-view, Money in the Bank, which I thought was a kind of a fun little uh, segue ever talking with Paul about Wall Street and uh, the whole bit there. So uh, come on, Armani, let, 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 let's get him on the show. Been a big fan of porn for many years, and it was just um, basically a great experience working on that video. And I'm really happy that it's blowing up right now, and I'm really excited to for see how it how it goes. Yeah, well, when I showed it to Brian, he like screamed and he loved it. And like I said, and he's been 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 supporting, and promoting it, and talking about it and stuff. And uh, and it's really taken off, just thousands and thousands of of views just in the last couple of days. Uh, definitely go to our YouTube channel. Go to Tricky Kid TV. Uh, check out uh, Armani's just brilliant work. And also, uh, Armani, uh, so we can go ahead and get them started. Where can they find you uh, and find some of the great work for A-Rod promos? Well, you can find the YouTube videos that I've done, um, the WWE promos on YouTube. Um, A-Rod promos is my YouTube channel okay. name. And then you can uh, contact me. Either through DM on Twitter, my Twitter is at arodpromos, or my email is at armanirod11 at gmail.com. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, so let's get into this this money in the bank thing here. So uh, this coming Father's Day, this upcoming this Sunday is, of course, uh, and what's funny is I didn't realize this is like the eighth one. They've had one every single year this decade, starting in 2010. Uh, and this will be, um, you know, I, uh, you know, the, the ninth one that they're, that they've had. Uh, and last year, as part of the awesome, uh, women's evolution, long time coming was the first ever women's, uh, money bank. Uh, and so, and it's going to continue this year. Uh, there's 10 matches on the card. And that's what I wanted to mention was I think this is the very first time ever where there are three women's matches on a WWE pay-per-view. What are your thoughts, Armani? Um, yes, I do believe that this is the first time. Um, WrestleMania, I think, also involved uh, three matches of women, but, I think, but that involved the mixed match with Triple H and uh, Kurt Angle. So I okay, think right. it's actually the first time is fully three women, um, three women matches. And I think they're really trying to promote um, the women's revolution, because I do think that next year, uh, the women are going to main event WrestleMania. WrestleMania that, that would be absolutely astounding and so amazing because my whole thing is that it's not like let's just give, you know, women a chance. It's like give people who can wrestle and deserve a chance. That's how it should be, regardless of gender. And all t too often is that they were kind of, you know, they were talented, but they were, again, not booked right or not promoted right or given the, the same opportunities. 
and, and you know, in, in a lot of the women's wrestling, like you know, from like the you know, like like the eighties and and even the early nineties, you know, they weren't you know they weren't given the you know given a chance. You see what happened, and I got to be honest, for me, the women's wrestling is the my favorite part of the whole show, the whole promotion. My favorite members of the roster right now for WWE and pretty much almost every indie promotion are the women. They're kicking ass, man. Who are some of your favorites? Um, I, I really like Ronda Rousey. I also like Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss. And I, I'm really happy that it took them a long time to really um, come around on having the woman on the big stage. For many years, they were kind of like sexualizing them with like yeah. the... In the early 2000s, the broad panty matches. Yeah. It took many years, and I think it was helped the social media and the fans to really bring them on the spotlight. I think they're talented. It's the best women's roster they've ever had in their history. But totally, without question. And what was even what's even funnier is that my favorite wrestler uh, of all time, uh, certainly in regards of gender, or certainly my, my, my favorite of the last 10 years, my favorite of all time would be thinking Ronda Rousey would be my man, Rowdy Roddy Piper, obviously uh, a mentor to, to, to her and, and, and a great friend. And, and it's great to see her kind of continuing his, his legacy by wearing his, his, his logo and image and, 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 and trying to embody that spirit. But my favorite wrestler in the last 10 years, hands down, uh, it was AJ Lee. And for her, it was almost like she was almost kind of like the sacrificial lamb in a sense because this is what she was fighting for. And I firmly believe that it wouldn't have have happened in the way that it's happening now, or at least not yet, without the doors that, 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 that she broke down. Do you think that's a fair statement? Yeah, I agree. I think it was really her and then also Paige, that them combined and then also the start of NXT – um, all those things coming together, it was almost like a perfect storm, really um, pushed the envelope of what a woman can really do in wrestling, WWE, and really show that they're not just um, eye candy and that they're right. really like, equal and even better than the men. Well, yeah, and, 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 just, you know, and it has, has its place. I mean, I was entertained. Uh, I don't, you know, like I like good-looking women just like anybody else, but there's – it's, there's so much more to them than that. And it also doesn't mean that they can't also uh, be the little package, you know. I mean, I mean Alexa Bliss and, and Sasha Banks and, my gosh, they're some of the most attractive women, you know, on, on, on television. It, but it's just that and, – and they're able to go out there and not only look good and still be, you know, uh, attractive and sexy, but, but ultimately athletic and just and – just, you know, world class performers, and I, I think, like I said, I think they're outperforming the men, and, and I don't mean that in a, you know, pretty good for a girl kind of way. No, I mean I think that they're the best that there is right now, and that's why it's kind of cool that they're going on last. Let's go through the, the list just for a second here. Um, like I said, we're, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan is kind of making his, uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, way back onto the main roster, and 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 kind of. Using him to kind of also kind of bring big casts and kind of getting him kind of away from that whole Enzo Amore thing. It looks like um, there is, uh, and I think they're going to open the show. Uh, Seth Rollins is going to be fighting uh, versus Elias for the Intercontinental Championship. 
I really like Elias. I think in terms of the promos he does and the ring mm-hmm. with the guitar, um, you know, I, I think he's 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 really shining right now. I think in, one of the problems that I think that I have with the current product is that a lot of people have is that it seems so it, it's so scripted and it doesn't really give people a chance to really uh, show who they are and their personality. And here is somebody who seems to be completely unbridled, which kind of embodies the the the, the, the old spirit. Um, what do you think about Elias? I agree, actually. Um, he has a certain, I think, like an age factor that very few of them have. Um, a certain charisma that you can just see bubbling off him. And I think he's, although, like, sometimes they do feed him to, like, the upper mid-card and, the, and, the, and to some others, I, re- I really think that eventually he's going to be one of the big guys one of their, their like, what a shining star. Yeah, one of yeah, the yeah, yeah. charismatic guys they have out there. Well, yeah, because he's big also. Usually, you know, the comedy guys are like, they they have to do comedy because they're smaller. He's a big guy. They can really do the, the comedic bits. And, and you know, we were just hanging out with uh, with the Honky Tonk Man a few weeks ago, and I was talking to him about it because it was, uh, you know, with the guitar and the whole the whole thing is just wonderful. Uh, next up, we've got Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. I see Lashley kind of, uh, you know, making his way back. Uh, that was a big surprise with him returning recently. Um, I see the Bludgeon Brothers uh, versus Gallows and Anderson. Uh, I, I do like the, the the repackaging of the of Harper and Rowan. I just still don't care. What, how do you feel? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I wish they would have pulled the trigger on Harper as a big single star back when. Uh, he split from the Y family. Um, yeah. What they should have done at WrestleMania, I believe it was 33, which was they should have done the triple threat. And that, instead of Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt again, they, people have seen that like five times. They should have yeah. done a triple threat and then maybe as a surprise put in Harper because that guy is an incredible, incredible wrestler. He's a super tall, and, but can do her piranha splits and an amazing wrestler. But they're still... They had they had, they were pushing him a little bit, but then he went away. And now he's in the tag team. I, I like what they're doing, but I do wish that like he was a single star. But I guess this is the best we can have for him right now. Right, right. You know, and, and I hear what you're saying. And again, and, I, and you know, and, and all should be, to our listeners listening right now, this man knows. A Rod Armani, he knows. Uh, and again, but one thing we should explain: we're not those indie wrestling nerds that like to just really, you know, enter into, I mean, you know, we, we like to discuss it because it's fun and we can be intellectuals about it, but there's people out there that, that do take it uh, a little bit to uh, the extreme and we're not w- wanting to be a part of that conversation. We're just wanting to, to for you to add to our conversation. And so we want you to reach out to us on Twitter. Tell us your predictions. Tell us how you're going to spend Father's Day. If you're going to watch it with your dad or or if you are a dad, you're going to be watching it with your son for the first time or watching it with your daughter for the first time uh, or moms out there uh, enjoying it. And I'm so glad to see that, um, you know, that the women are being, being uh, having equal billing and, and, and at times even top billing where, where they belong. Uh, next up, of course, is Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. This would pro- this match should be probably called the uh, we're going uh, the, the shove it down your throat uh, <laughs> uh, gimmick. Is uh, these are both wrestlers that are both extremely talented. Uh, in my opinion, both booked 
totally wrong. I am glad to see Jinder finally not being um, a forgettable mid-card guy. I think he's a great heel, um, great look, great talent. Just booked wrong. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, um, and especially, I think, speaking of books wrong, Roman Reigns, like, he's such a, like, a natural heel, like, everyone just naturally wants to hate on him, I just don't see why they don't turn heel, they were able to turn Stone Cold heel when yeah. he was the top guy selling all the merchandise, but then they won't turn Roman Reigns heel, when well, he's, he's well, such a natural heel. Well, he, I think he's, I, I, I don't, I disagree there, because, Reigns, the reason why they were able to turn uh, um, Stone Cold that way, because you were going to cheer for him no matter what, because he was the anti-hero. Whereas that's why they can't turn Cena heel, and then the same reason why they can't turn Reigns heel, because he they're not the anti-hero. They're only going, people are only going to do one thing or the other uh, based upon what he's doing. And what they answer to is money. And what the deal is, is that both of those guys sell so much merch. And the people that are buying those merch are the families and the kids uh, that want him to be the good guy. They could give – for the people out there that are booing Cena and booing Reigns, they don't give two craps about that as long as the money is still rolling in. It would only be when the money stopped rolling in that they think, okay, now we have to make a difference. So as long as that happens, that's what they're going to listen to, you know. Um, yeah. before, before we move to the next part, I wanted to mention um, I'm also not one of these uh, wrestling indie nerd guys that um, that do this kind of stuff. Uh, like they're going to the, the show's going to be emanating from the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, so of course that means there's going to be chance of CM Punk and and, uh, and we're talking about AJ Lee earlier, of course, wife to CM Punk who had to endure, you know, just a, a torrent of those chants during some of her last matches, which probably ultimately led to her wanting to to, to, to retire and kind of get away from, you know, not only supporting her husband, but just kind of, I think she had a realization that, yes, this was my dream and this is, and I accomplished my dream, but the other BS surrounding it isn't anything that I could have imagined that I would ever want to deal with. Um I don't know why people do that. Like, like speaking of Stone Cold, like, I don't understand why people do that what chant. That's been going on for 15 years. Yeah, it's so annoying. It's annoying. It doesn't do anything. I, I, I don't get it. But I did want to mention, because we were talking about AJ Lee, uh, you know, being from, you know, in my opinion, the best wrestler, regardless of gender, the last in the last 10 years. Uh, I know that CM Punk was recently in the news for having his second uh, UFC fight which, uh, again, uh, spoilers here. If you haven't watched it, I'll give you about two seconds to pause, uh, but it doesn't end very well uh, for Punk. I actually haven't seen the match. Did you Did you see the second match? Um, I actually did. I didn't buy the pay-per-view, but I saw the highlights. Um, it was an up-and-down week for CM Punk. He actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, but he was in a court case involving uh, the chief medical staff, um, a WWE that um, basically right. for $1 million um, sued him for damages, for emotional damages, because uh, years back, if you recall, CM Punk went in a tirade with on Coco Bana's podcast talking yeah. about um, basically why he left WWE. So the medical staff was suing him, and um, 
after a long battle in court, CM Punk won and he was not charged. So he had a really up there with that off his shoulders. But then a few days later, he uh, once again lost. Not as bad as the Mickey Gall fight. Um, he put up a fight this time. It went to decision. He lost by decision. But it's I it, you really got to give him a, a prop for his venture, especially after leaving WWE in his age. But it, it, he tried it out. You have to give him his props. But I think it's time to move on to UFC. He's lost two matches. He's not getting any younger. And yeah. Yeah, like, and Dana White said he's not, he's not going to get a, another chance, and I, I give it up to anybody who steps in that octagon. I just know that I think a lot of times you see wrestlers who are—I mean, obviously these are big guys and they're very athletic, and obviously they're tougher than the average guy. But in terms of like a legitimate, uh, you know, killer like those guys in the UFC, that's that's a big difference. And I think a lot of the times. Uh, you know, maybe they either believe their own thing or whatever, and, they, and they, they learn a very hard lesson very quickly that, you know, that, uh, that there are very few, like, legitimate uh, uh, badasses. Now, of course, compared to the average guy on the street, there anybody in WWE would, you know, of course, is, a, a, you know, a, a bad dude, a, you know, a legitimate tough guy. And that's true. But compared to those killers in the UFC, holy cow, man. I mean, that's a whole different world there. And so I definitely applaud him for, for, you know, making, you know, the dedication to step in there and, and make it happen. But like you said, it is what it is. Um, now, uh, getting back to uh, Money in the Bank here, you know, it, uh, it's always so cool. That was um, – I always like the highlight um, is – Kind of like in the Royal Rumble with Kofi Kingston, uh, uh, he always seems to do something kind of spectacular here in the Money in the Bank. So I was glad to see that it's going to be Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, The Miz, Rusev, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, uh, and Samoa Joe. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be a, a mystery person that's either going to be Big E, Kofi, or Xavier, a member of, of the New Day. I think that's going to be kind of a fun, fun way where – of how they're going to include that. And I think that that's, that's going to be the highlight of that, that you're not going to know. Meaning that I don't think it's going to be just one of them. I think it's going to be all three of them in some capacity. What is your prediction? Uh, possibly. I, I do see that lately they are, they are pushing Big E. Uh, I, I do, I, he has a lot of potential to be a big single star. Eventually the New Day have to split up. It is getting a little tiresome, the act that they've been doing for many years. And Biggie, I think, could be a major single star. He's a very good wrestler. He's a very good talker. Yeah. Um, and he's the one that's been doing the singles match for the past uh, few weeks. But on the other hand, uh, they've always said that Kobe Kingston, they always wanted him to be a world champion. So we could see Kobe Kingston. And then maybe what you said, they could all be incorporated in the match. Maybe they could swap out. Like maybe Biggie could start. And then Biggie could get like, uh, hurt. And then Kobe could come in. And then Xavier could come in. Like they could do like a funny act like that, or well, or or could this be the end of the new day? Because like you said, uh, you know it, it is it has run so long and it ran so hot for so long with almost no end in sight, and there's still some gas left in that tank. Like you said, if Biggie wanted to go off and be singles, and like Kobe and Xavier could be the uh, 
you know, I don't ever really see Xavier being a world champion, and that's why you have to kind of look at it, is that if you're not going to be a world champion, then you're going to have to be either a mid-card guy or part of a tag team. But mm-hmm. regardless, that's going to be one hell of a match. I agree. You may know And uh, we have another uh, – uh, the first of three of the women's matches is, is, is Carmella uh, versus Asuka. Uh, how do you think Carmella's been faring as, 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 as the women's SmackDown champion? Um, I like um how she won the Money in the Bank. I wasn't a big fan of the backlash match with Charlotte because okay, they wanted to push Charlotte. Cause I do I believe that the match with WrestleMania 35 is gonna be Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. That's the biggest ultimate uh women's match they can put together that yeah. can be a uh a, a WrestleMania main event. Okay, so they have the Oscar um have Charlotte break the undefeated streak of Oscar, so make sure it looks. Super powerful, super grand. But then um, Carmella easily defeats her in backlash, which doesn't really make sense. I would have liked it more where Charlotte is like um, giving her to, giving it to her most of the match, and then Charlotte barely uh, heelish um, sneaks away with the victory. Yeah, and then hopefully they do that maybe with the Oscar match. But I don't. Oscar has lost a lot of steam. Since uh, losing under three streaks, she doesn't have that special aura around her anymore. Right. So I, I do see Carmella retaining in this match. Okay. All right. And then uh, this is kind of back and forth here with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura in a last man standing match. Um, I feel like that they've been kind of going to the well one too many. I think it might have been a, a bit wrong to turn Nakamura heel, the whole kicking them in the nuts thing. I, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Where, where are you with that? Oh, I don't mind the Nakamura heel. They have overdone it. It's very, like, unrealistic that AJ Styles hasn't put a cup by now. Yeah. It's very, like, a little cartoony. Yeah. Um, I don't really see, like, this This has to be the end of the feud. We have to say that this has to be, they can't do any more matches. Right. Um, and AJ Styles, I don't, I, I don't know who else. Like, let's say AJ Styles won. I guess they could put him with a feud with uh, Samoa Joe. But I do see Shinsuke uh, uh, winning the match, finally, after the like, fifth attempt. And then maybe uh, when Shinsuke wins, heading towards a Shinsuke versus potentially Daniel Bryan, a uh, SummerSlam match. That, 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 that's pretty smart. I like that. Uh, but so who do you think is, is walking out the Money in the Bank winner uh, for, for, uh, for the men? It could be any of any of them, but I do see I think a Miz, and then maybe Daniel Bryan beats Shinsuke at SummerSlam, and the Miz cashes in on Daniel Bryan because they've been uh, slowly, slowly building, building towards that, right? Yeah. And then uh, of course, you know, of course, the women are going to headline there. Uh, Ember Moon uh, from my hometown, Dallas, Texas. I've called many of her matches uh, as Athena here in Dallas. Uh, versus, you mentioned Charlotte Flair, my favorite, Alexa Bliss, along with Becky Lynch, Natalia, Lana, Naomi, and my, probably my second favorite would be Sasha Banks. Uh, headlining for the second ever, uh, women, uh, Money in the Bank match. Who do you have in this one? I see it between Sasha Banks and Natalia. I could see Natalia because they've been kind of teasing potentially a Natalia heel turn and then maybe have her face Bonda Rousey. But I could also see Sasha Banks because uh, I think they've been slowly 
she had a little downturn with a weird Bailey feud, but I think they're slowly going to build up Sasha Banks again, so I could see her winning. But I think I have to win with Natalia with this one. And why do you think Bailey was, was, was not a part of this match? She's not injured, is she? Not that I know of. Um, maybe they want to have it, like, you know how they've been doing, like, the jealousy of Sasha and Bailey. Maybe they want to have it where Sasha qualified, Bailey didn't. Maybe Bailey interferes in the match. Maybe she costs Sasha the match. That's kind of what I was think, think, thinking, too, is that, that, that finally we see Bailey because she's got to be getting tired of, of that whole gimmick, too. And But, but again, as long as the uh, the merch sells, that's, uh, you know, that that's what's going to – she'll be stuck in that. Um, now, of course, even though it's the money in the bank, for a lot of people, the main event, of course, is going to be seeing Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. Now, is this Ronda's first singles match? Um. I think she might have had one in a live event against Mickey James, but this is definitely her first televised right. match. And, and I love it, too, because Ronda is talking about legitimate, talk about UFC, uh, she's like one of the baddest people, not just women, one of the baddest people on the planet. She's got that Mike Tyson legitimate just, just, just put fear in you type kind of thing. And so there isn't anybody on the roster where you could even suspend your disbelief, really, that could give that could put up a fight against her other than Nia Jax, who has just been so dominating. Uh, I, I don't I don't see Ronda picking the championship this early, but I do like it that you don't really quite know what's going to happen here, other than it's going to be a lot of fun. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, Ronda Rousey, she definitely surprised a lot of people in WrestleMania, and myself included. I think she had the match of the night at WrestleMania. She had an incredible performance, and she really, uh, the naysayers can say what they want. She is an incredible, uh, she learned, she has learned extremely quickly. It's a re- remarkable how quickly yeah. she has learned the, the sport professional wrestling. And she, I think, um, uh, is definitely going to be the big, big, big time, um, star. Yeah. Uh, I could see, like, maybe Nia Jax winning, but, like, a uh, disqualification. I could see Rousey maybe winning and then Natalya cashing in. It is very unpredictable, this match. So, uh, I really enjoy that when a match is very unpredictable. It can go a million different ways, I, I see. Well, regardless, it's going to be a great night of action. I'm continuing on the WWE Network for on Father's Day for the 2018 Money in the Bank uh, uh, pay-per-view, featuring 10 great matches. Uh, and, then, and let us know what your predictions are. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter at Tricky Kid and the number two. Tell us what you think your uh, your predictions are. What do you think of our predictions? Reach, uh, where can they find you on Twitter, Armani? Uh, my Twitter is at A Rod Promos. Okay, A Rod Promos, and also look for all the, for all the great work uh, for Armani Rodriguez. He's part of the Tricky Kid uh, Media Group. Uh, look for him on uh, his own. Uh, tricky, um, I'm sorry, his own YouTube page at A-Rod Promos. And look at all the amazing work he's done uh, for our Tricky Kid TV page. Uh, any other places are you on Instagram as well? Um, I don't have an Instagram right now, but uh, I have an email. My email, once again, is ArmaniRod11 at gmail.com. And then you can find my YouTube on my Twitter bio for an easy way to find it. Yes. And, yeah. And then reach out to Armani. He does amazing, amazing work. He does 
uh, custom WWE videos. He can do anything you want. Like I said, check out his page. Check out the work he's done uh, for us. And I shouldn't even say for us because now he's he is us. You are part of the family, my friend. Armani, it's been so great to finally get you on uh, the podcast. Uh, and again, looking forward to a great event on Sunday. And then we'll have to follow up uh, next week uh, to find out how well that we did. Uh, again, everybody, enjoy the show on Sunday. Uh, and Armani, I thank you for joining us. And uh, and uh, let's let, let, let's pick it up again next week. Perfect. Sounds amazing. Awesome. And thank you. Hang on one second. I'll let a little ten second pause go by. Kind of like a clapper. So, Okay, and in. Okay, awesome. So this should be up uh, hopefully this af- uh, uh, later this afternoon. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you go now so I can go ahead and do that. Uh, and then let's talk uh, in a couple of hours or later this evening so we can talk about Megan Dalby. We can talk about those clickable links. Uh, you can, uh, we can talk more about Orlando and actually have some fun. Uh, and stuff. So let me go ahead and do that, and I'll get back with you in a few hours. And brother, I'm so glad to finally get you on. Once again, thanks to Armani Rodriguez. I want to thank all of my guests this week. Again, Paul Mercurio, such a talented, funny, amazing person. I uh, wish him all, all, the, all the success in the world. And again, our man A-Rod, Armani Rodriguez. Definitely check him out. Check out his stuff. Go to A-Rod Promos on, uh, on YouTube, and go to our uh, YouTube page, the Tricky Kid TV. See the work that he's done. The, the, thing, the work he did with Corn and our Larry Hama video. And there's a lot coming up. I can't wait for you guys to see it. We have so much coming up over the next couple of weeks. We're going to have, uh, again, we're going to get this summer kicked off right. We hope everybody has a great Father's Day uh, this coming Sunday. Hope you enjoy the WWE pay per view, Money in the Bank. If you're not a subscriber, go to the WWE Network and subscribe. It's only for $9.99. And also want to thank all of our great sponsors once again, Loot Crate uh, and then Bulletproof Coffee and Whole Foods and their 365 brand. You guys keep us rocking. You guys keep us rolling. Also, again, make sure you subscribe. Go to iTunes and uh, and go type in Tricky Kid Radio, and uh, it'll come right on up and click subscribe. It's free. Shows just like this will be with you each and every single week. Same thing goes for Android users, and we're across every platform for how you, uh, again, consume your, your podcasts. Again, I'm Roy Turner. Like I said, come on, man. This is just the beginning uh, for the summer. Um, and we, again, like I said, we've got so many great shows coming up. Uh, we've got a, our great Prince tribute coming up next week. Larry Hama returns. Um, we're going to, uh, unfortunately, we, we did lose somebody um, this past week. Uh, just a titan in the world of just culinary music. Just an awesome spirit, of course, and Anthony Bourdain. And so we wanted to do something kind of separate uh, to, to honor his spirit and his legacy. And so we're going to have a really, really special show with a lot of great special guests coming up for that uh, with Anthony Bourdain. So make sure you're subscribed and tuned in. Check us out on Twitter. Let us know what your predictions are. Let us know uh, what you think. And, and you can kind of compare. Everybody have a great Father's Day. Uh, And I hope everybody's ready for summer because we are. And again, I'm Roy Turner, and we'll see you right back here next week.